Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Wings for Breakfast, our Red Wings podcast here on The Athletic. I'm Max Boltman. Prashant is at his in-laws today, but we are joined by a very special guest. If you've been watching uh, the World Juniors on NHL Network, and who are we kidding? Of course you have been. Uh, Our guest today will sound awfully familiar. He's been the voice of Team USA's uh, World Junior Games for NHL Network, which is carrying, for the first time, every World Junior Game this year. Steven Nelson. Steven, welcome to Wings for Breakfast. Max, Danielle. Prashanth, who's absent, thank you all for uh, having me. I do think you need to look up the definition of special before introducing me as such <laughs> next time. All right, we can look into that. Uh, okay, all right. Probably, maybe maybe we'll, we'll we'll turn that job to Danielle. She can be our uh, our definitions and encyclopedia <laughs> expert here. And by the way, best podcast name of all time. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yeah. We'll have to have uh, some wings over breakfast sometime uh, here in the future once we can do that again. Yeah, once we're back to, to normalcy, I'm all the way in. All right. We'll plan on it. Um, I, I want to start today with a game that, that's probably very fresh in your mind. Yeah, you got to see about half the Red Wings farm system last night playing for <laughs> Team Sweden at the at the World Juniors. That includes, obviously, Lucas Raymond, Albert Johansson, Theodore Niederbach, and the big Elmer Suterblom. I'm just curious. It's not the best night for Sweden, obviously, but did any of them jump out at you in, in your mind while, while you were calling it? I would say all tournament long, as I've been paying attention to Sweden, knowing how important the New Year's Eve matchup against Team USA was going to be, Elmer Suterblom has been, uh, I, I mean, he you can't help but notice him because, of course, he's a right. human. Uh, I mean, he's an absolute unit. But just the way he plays as well, um, I'm so excited to to see how he develops and fills out and eventually translates uh, into the National Hockey League. But he has really jumped off the screen every time I I turn on a a Team Sweden game. It's so funny you say that because I I know you weren't calling this game, but the night before the U.S. game against Russia, they they go to overtime, obviously, and it's like the third shift, and they throw Soderblom out there. And I said to my girlfriend, I was like, wow, I don't know if I – I like that call because he's he's not the fastest guy. He's obviously huge. And so, of course, 10 seconds later, he's streaking up the left side of the ice, makes a move on net, and very nearly wins the game for them in overtime. Yeah. So uh, I guess maybe you're one step ahead of me on that one. When when Actually, when we were having our pre-production call uh, before uh, USA Sweden, you know, it was on the heels of, of the Russia game, which was, I, I think, you know, the best game of the tournament thus yeah. far, and not not the highest bar because there's been a ton of blowouts, but that was such a, a fun game to watch. And at the end of the third period, I want to say he had the puck in the offensive zone, and 
they couldn't knock him off the puck. Yeah. And I was like, can we just cue that up? Because uh, Dave Starman, our outstanding analyst who's done 13 world junior championships now, we showed him, you know, all the NHL draft picks. I'm like, hey, like, who do you want to highlight? And he picked Elmer. And so I was like, hey, can we, instead of just throwing like a bio blurt up there, throw this play on the screen. Yeah. Just so folks at home can understand, like, it's not just like a, a, a 6'8 battleship or 6'7 battleship who, like, you know, can't turn or do anything. Like, just let's show how he operates on the ice. And I thought that um, depicted perfectly, you know, the type of player he is, you know, obviously at, at a highlight goal early in the tournament. And um, I, I think he's certainly raised his profile and, and the buzz around him in, in hockey town. I, I agree. And I, I think one of the things we always talk about on here, which leads in nicely to what you're saying about not just being kind of your, your quintessential uh, quote unquote, big rig is always the nickname that, that is given that this is hard to knock off the puck for, for size alone. We always talk about, you know, how much stock do you put into a world junior performance, especially for a player who's so much kind of more physically developed, I guess he's got a huge size advantage on all these junior age players, Yeah, you know, in your mind, kind of, how do you evaluate the prospect side of this off of a tournament like that, where he does have such a size advantage, even though obviously, you know, he's player of the game against Russia and, and he's been, I think for, for a lot of people kind of a standout of these, this preliminary round. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's such a subjective thing. It's yeah. almost like spring training stats in baseball. <laughs> Gosh, this this guy's tearing the cover off the ball. I mean, this guy's striking everybody out. Like, does that mean he's going to be dominant in the regular season? To some, it, it, that is an indication of what's come to others. It's, it's just spring training. They're playing against backfield minor leaguers. It doesn't mean anything. I, I think it's this, the same can be said for the World Juniors. You know, I talk to people in our building, on, on our staff, Starman, and they have one view of what this tournament means for, you know, a, a big NHL prospect. And then you you go on to hockey Twitter and it's just like, well, this isn't this doesn't really matter. They're playing against, you know, teenagers and whatnot. I think for Elmer specifically, let's, if we're talking about having this discussion through his lens, you know, he's a 19 year old. So you want to see him stand out and dominate and take over a tournament like this. You know, um, I, I understand that certain prospects, you know, you can only do so much like, you know, Marco Rossi, I, I think he's going to be labeled as a disappointment for this tournament. But then you look at what is next to him on Austria and right. we, what are you expecting him to do with a country that has a bunch of 16, 17 year olds giving them experiences they don't have to face relegation? You know, that being said, you, you want to see more. But that does that mean that Marco Rossi is going to be a bum in the National Hockey League? No, it does not. And, you know, Trevor Zegras on the other end of the spectrum, him just playing on another planet for Team USA. Does that mean he is going to be the great one? No, not necessarily. But so I think you just kind of, you know, take it on a case by case, player by player basis. And are they doing the things that are asked to them? Are they you know fulfilling their role? on their respective clubs and how are they handling the competition and in Sutterblum's case um I, I think he's been terrific relative yeah. to his draft stock especially I think the listeners will have my head if I don't uh, ask you about Lucas Raymond here obviously the fourth overall pick for the Red Wings in this most recent draft um you know I, I think he's got maybe three points in four games at last I looked um so maybe not at the top of the the scoring charts in the tournament but what have you seen from him I don't know if you've seen all four of his games or just the, the, the last couple I mean, he's, he's one of those, uh, just like Cole Caulfield, again, they're not putting up a ton of points, but you notice them 
And if you are a fan who appreciates uh, doing the little things or, you know, working well away from the puck, uh, then I think both of them fall into that category. You know, I, you know, I have a, um, some friends who, who have played with Raymond in Sweden and, you know, they rave about him. I mean, the, the, the hands are evident to anybody who's watched his, his highlight tape. Um, you know, I've, I've heard that uh, they have these shootout challenges in pregame in the SHL and, uh, a buddy of mine who's much older now, I guess, compared to Raymond, he's in his early thirties. Uh, <laughs> that's not old. I just want to say compared to Lucas Raymond, that is, that is old. And, um, Lucas just you know, throws himself into that competition and, you know, they both went three for three. And so they did a fourth round and, you know, my, my friend, uh, Rakshani, he, he missed and, you know, Lucas made sure and he went four for four. Like you just can't stop him. He's just that skilled. Uh, he loves terrorizing the old defenseman <laughs> in, uh, on, on his team in practice and in the league, just toe dragging them constantly. So, um, I, I, everything that I've, I've heard about him, um, I was mindful of that in going into the, this, this world juniors. Um, and, and, and honestly, even though the, the, the goals and the points haven't been there, uh, I still you still have an appreciation uh, for his talent and um, and what he's been able to do elsewhere. So you've got friends at for London, then? I do. Yeah. Well, now now he's in Ugarden, I think. Okay. Um, but yeah, but yes, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I got a ton of stories. Even Elmer. I mean, just hearing about that and his father is the the physio guy with Frulunda, and um, you know he has max size Bowers. Uh, they, they, all, they all tease him a little bit <laughs> he's skating on boats um, but hey that, again that helps him be strong in the puck like we talked about earlier so yeah that, that I get to, every year because he's been there for a few years Rhett who you know a great American hockey player you know was drafted by the Islanders in the fourth round back in the day and has you know had a nice career playing overseas he, he gives me the scouting report on all the the SHL guys it seems like a, a really good kind of hockey development program over there in Ferland. I mean, obviously the Red Wings now have, I think, four guys, three or four. Well, Berglund, I guess, is on loan, but several guys have come through the Ferland organization already, even more prospects there now. It, it seems like they do a really good job. Factory, huh? I yeah. mean, it's, it's it's every single year uh, that there is somebody. But And, and that's something, you know, uh, I, I've learned over the past few years diving into this tournament too, is that it's not just like um, – you know, Fruluna isn't like the Washington Capitals, right? Because after the Washington Capitals, you have minor league affiliates. Now, yeah. Fruluna, it's like an organization. And a lot of these kids are in those organizations for years. So they are playing together, developing chemistry, uh, playing within the same structure. They are learning the same fundamentals and doing all those little things. And I really think... Um, that's huge for their development and then also huge for their success as a country and as a, a hockey program when it comes to these international events. Yeah, absolutely. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, 
Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, I guess naturally shifting gears there and in, in, while we're talking about developing young players for the international stage and, and then obviously within the national stage, um, I want to ask you about Matt Beniers, who's a 18-year-old draft eligible for, for the 2021 draft, tasked with centering a couple of really high-profile, high-end wingers in, in Matt Boldy and Cole Caulfield, who both went in the 2019 draft. How have you felt like Beniers has acquitted himself so far in this tournament in that role? Uh, I've loved Matty Beniers tournament. I've absolutely loved it. The coaching staff, you know, and we talked to, to Nate before every single game. And um, look, we've said Matty's name a ton because yeah. he's going to hear his name called early in next year's draft. There's no question about it. It's just a matter of where he slots in and which team he fits best with. But I asked Nate yesterday, I was like, Hey, you know, Nate, we, you know, we've been talking a lot about Zegris and, you know, uh, giving praise to the third line. It's been great with, with Brink and Farinacci and Brett Berard, uh, they've really been driving play. I was like, who, who, who maybe needs some more run than they're getting? He's like, well, I, you know, I don't know if you've been leaving them out, but you know, based on stats, then Beneers might be flying under the radar. And he is somebody that, I mean, he's just, uh, he went on the radar about him for, for several minutes. I think, um, he, he, so much of this tournament, with all the talent on rosters, especially when it comes to, you know, the, the big five countries, um, when you're loaded with, you know, high end draft picks and talent and only have one pot, it's like, who is going to totally buy in to, you know, playing their role. And Beneers is one of those, one of those guys, like he's, he's a 200 foot player and he's not playing huge minutes. They're trying to, they've been keeping him around 16. Yeah. But whenever he hops over the bench, his motor turns on and it doesn't turn off. And beyond that, he is drawing the tough matchups. They are giving him the tough matchups. And he made a couple of plays last night against Sweden uh, in the D zone that were, I mean, I, I remember I, I couldn't help myself when calling the game from just being like, wow, you know, just marveling at, at what he did on that play. Um, and he stays on pucks. Well, he's, he's very strong. He's just, he's working a lot and he's working hard. So I think, um, Matt Abineers, I think if you, if you're a fan of the draft and you're a fan of prospects, then, then you already knew his name, but I think, uh, the majority of our audience watching these games on the network have, have no idea who a lot of these kids are. Certainly not Matt Abineers who hasn't been drafted yet. Uh, but they're going to know by the time we're done. I love the phrase you guys have been using about him on the air. He covers every inch of the ice. I think that's about as good a description of, of his game as, as I've heard. Yeah, no, he really, it's, 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 it's amazing. Uh, we've said his name a ton because he's just, he's everywhere. You know, you you look at one end of the ice and you say, hey, Matt, Matt Beniers with the puck. And then you look at the end of, other end of the ice and you go, Matt Beniers making a play. You know, he's just, uh, and this is the youngest guy on Team USA. And, you know, he hasn't had the easiest, you know, freshman year, you know, he was slated to play for, for Ted Donato at Harvard and he, they waited and waited and waited um, as long as they could before, you know, it was official that the Ivy league teams weren't going to be playing. And, you know, then he had to go find a new home and granted, you know, it wasn't going to be hard for a player <laughs> right. to, to find a home, but going to Michigan as a part of that, uh, that loaded freshman class and loaded roster as a whole. And 
Um, I, you know, another thing I'll say about veneers, it's not just what we've seen this year. I remember last year in a pre COVID world where we're in Plymouth for the team USA camp and the junior national team scrimmages against the NTDP and, um, the U18s. And so that's like veneers and Sanderson. A lot of right. the guys were watching on this club and veneers dominated that scrimmage. I mean, he, he took it over at points. And so, you know, I was watching the game with, with John Palmarosi, you know, of course, a proud Michigander who's been doing amazing feature stories for us yeah. on the network. And we just keep looking at each other. And he's a Harvard guy. And so that that time, <laughs> Veneers was a <laughs> We just kept looking at each other like, oh, my gosh, like, this is Maddie Veneers kid, Maddie Veneers. And so it's um, it's been a wonderful progression for him. And, again, he's he's just been – he's been a dynamite. All tournament. Yeah, I remember seeing him in his. I guess it would have been his year with the U17s because that was that that stacked U18 year for the NTDP. And I, I'm obviously real close to Plymouth, so I was getting down to to uh, you know USA Hockey Arena a couple times toward the end of that year. And that was when Beniers was actually starting to come up and get a little bit of run, even with the U18s as a U17 player. And he was not one year away from the draft at that time; he was two years away. Right. Uh, and he, he, he held up. So he just seems to me like a really mature player. I, I can't think of an NHL coach who's not going to want a player like him on their roster. A hundred percent. I like that. That's the thing. I don't, I don't care where, you know, the rankings have them uh, top 15, top 10, top five. Like all I know is if my team's on the clock and Matt Beniers is on the board, I, I, I want his name on the card. Yeah. Because um, when you have a player like that, who, who, who gets it and um, does everything, does what he's asked. And again, like we said, covers every inch of the ice, then, you know, why, why wouldn't you? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Before we move on from team USA here, I mean, with the run they've gone on since that opening game lost to, to Russia, you know, I think they're at, what is it like 22 goals unanswered or something like that since the empty netter at the end of that game? Pretty- I lost track. I don't know. Yeah, right. Exactly. What What are you seeing out of this team right now, and how far can they go in your mind? I, well, I think prelims played out perfectly for Team USA. Just the the, the schedule, uh, let alone how they you know uh, improve their play each and every game. You have your stiff test right from the jump in Russia. You know, another uh, gold medal contender. I think going into the tournament, it was Canada, Russia, the United States. Those are your gold medal favorites. Maybe a little bit of a gap or a big gap um, <laughs> between Canada and, and, the, and the next two. So you have your test, and it was a classic opening game. Like clear things to work on. You know, Spencer Knight uh, you know, struggled uh, again in a World Junior opener. But, hey, this isn't, um, this isn't a killer. If anything, it's the eye opener and the thing you need to, to – to refocus and, and saddle up here. Then you come out and you dominate the team you're supposed to dominate in Austria. And then you have a Czech team that beat the Russians and you have a favorable draw getting them on, you know, the end of a back-to-back after that game. But still, they beat the Russians, so not a slouch. And they run them out the building. Yep. And then you finally have... Um, your last prelim test, another iron sharpening iron thing uh, in Sweden. And they passed that test with, with flying colors. So the United States, um, you know, traveled a, a perfect road, perfect journey. It was mapped out well. But beyond that, like they just 
found their identity as a team and they haven't strayed from it. Now they've won in different ways, but by and large, they've just kind of um, stuck to who they are as a team and they haven't been bounced off of that. I mean, even last night, so you can jump out or I, I guess the, I did not date it uh, New Year's Eve against Sweden. You have the, the great start, the two early goals, you know, tough angle shots and on the felt, whatever. And it seems like it's over early and it seems like the game gets to a point where maybe we see a little bit more freelancing, maybe some guys who struggled to some scores who haven't scored as much as they thought. Maybe they start to do some more, you know, solo acting on their shifts uh, to try and get some points and things get sloppy. And that just never happened. That never happened. And so that's a testament to to Nate and the staff and the players on the roster for, you know, really fully buying into to what they're trying to accomplish here. Not the other part of your question, how far can they go? The way they look right now, it would it seems like it'd be a shock if they're not facing Canada on January yeah. 5th, the gold medal in this tournament. I, I, that's that's how I feel. Now, we know in this tournament anything can happen. I mean, we can see them get the Swedes again in the semifinals. I say that with respect to Slovakia, um, who, again, the United States should should handle. So in the semifinals, the U.S. could run into Sweden, and Sweden could play a totally different game and, and get some redemption, some revenge in the middle rounds against the United States. Could happen. But as we're talking here right now, I'd be stunned if they're not playing for gold. And it seems like it'd make for just a pretty outstanding gold medal game. You know, those oh. teams loaded with prospects and and really that rivalry doesn't get, at least at least on uh, this side of the world, doesn't get a whole lot better. Yeah, Max, listen, don't tell anybody here, but the, the network, <laughs> the, network <laughs> the network's dream is the United States, Canada for the gold. They I wouldn't mean, mind. Oh, oh my gosh. I mean, everybody, every, I think a lot of hockey fans in general um, <laughs> would, would want to see that. Um so yeah, that would that would be epic. Absolutely. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream Direct TV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on Direct TV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on Direct TV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. Direct TV has the most MLB games. Visit DirectTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Real quick um, on, on Spencer Knight uh, and, and really, you know, he and Yaroslav Askarov, two goalies who have, you know, gone in the top half of the first round of the draft in the last two years. And last night, you know, tough start for Hugo Alnafelt, but in relief comes in Jesper Wallstedt. And, you know, he's kind of the, the top goalie in this next draft. Um, we haven't seen a ton of him in this tournament, but he does come in and, and play a pretty clean game in relief yesterday. What do you see out of Wallstead and, you know, how does he stack up to those other two? Obviously, it's a very high bar, so there's no shame in not being Askarov or, or Spencer Knight. But how's he stacking up in, in your eyes? You know, it's so hard to gauge a goalie yeah. prospect's draft stock just because we heard so much about Spence and Askarov. And, you know, like it, I, I've seen some top five stuff with Wallstead and then I, you know, I look at what happened with Askarov going you know, like he quote unquote fell to 11 Spencer and I quote unquote fell to 13, you know? Right. So it's just like, I, I don't know. Or is, is Wallstead really going to ascend that much higher than either of those two? I don't know. I will say like, you know, keeping the United States off the board, 
um, in a game like that, like, yeah, that's, that's a feather in his cap. It's not, it wasn't really a surprise. I mean, you know, he's, he's played in that barn before, you know, they, you know, Sweden won silver, the Holinka Gretzky tournament a couple years ago in Edmonton. And, you know, he, in that tournament, he kind of gave up a, a really soft one early and then rebounded to, to be super strong. And then, you know, what he's shown this year, uh, playing in the top level, I mean, the stats kind of speak for himself. So I think there's, um, a lot of, uh, again, buzz around Wallstead, but I, I just, I, I have a hard time, like, you know, how draft Twitter or hockey Twitter feels about a prospect and then how, how ultimately the league will <laughs> come draft night, just because, you know, the way it, it's such a volatile position. I feel like if, uh, you know, you go over some of the top goalie prospects over just this century, let's say, and how many of them you know, actually kind of lived up to, to, to that hype, you know, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, even the ones who are, who are great, you look year to year and there's so many goalies who they're a Vezina finalist one year and they are decided, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky, a perfect example in Florida this year. 100%. And for all we know, he could go win it this coming year there. It's just a, even when you are a bona fide stud goalie, it's really hard to stay consistent. Uh, oh, totally. And again, another baseball analogy, uh, to, to kind of with the synergy with the NHL and, and, and MLB network <laughs> for us in Secaucus, like, it's just like a closer yeah. and re- high leverage li- relievers in baseball. It's like, you know, we're talking about giving a insert closer here, you know, big dollars in free agency, but then we've seen other guys, you know, be total bust because it's, you know, it's hard to be a closer. It's such a volatile position. Same thing with being a goal, goalie in hockey. It's just, uh, it's tough. That's why they, that's why they kind of got to be a little weird and different to to kind of withstand those 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 highs and lows. And you know, tying it back to Team USA, Spencer Knight um, has shown he's plenty capable of doing that. Yeah, no, it's fascinating. You can't win without one, but you almost got to be terrified every time you're going to invest uh, that kind of draft capital in one. <laughs> yes, no question about it. Yep. Uh, one last one before we before we let you go here, and this is obviously much more philosophical. You you know. Not to put you on the spot too much, but obviously this year has featured some pretty notable blowouts, more than at least I can remember in, in some recent years. And I think it, a lot yeah. of people, yeah, a lot of people have been discussing that when it comes to the format of the tournament and the, um, you know, should there be changes? Do, do you have an opinion on these blowouts? Are they a concern for you? You know, obviously you broadcasted one in the USA, Austria, you know, how much do you think it affects kind of the tournament and and is there an upside to this that people aren't talking about? You know, that it is a good question. I mean, from a broadcaster standpoint, blowouts are never fun. Um, you know, it's a t- it's a tough game to call and keep things interesting and kind of keep the viewer engaged. Um, it's almost kind of an exercise in futility at a certain point. Uh, it, I actually don't have a super strong opinion about the blowouts as it pertains to the tournament as a whole. I do know that my partner Dave Starman has this wild idea of putting the big five. So you have Canada, the United States, Russia, Sweden, and Finland in one group every year and have them play round Robin. You seed one through five, and then you have the top team. And again, I'm, I'm kind of relaying his plans. Yeah, yeah. So don't, if you ever talk to star, he, <laughs> he can, he can correct me on this, but I think you would take the top team from the pool as or top three yeah yeah and, and then seven uh plays eight nine plays ten for seating on the other other end hmm. 
Yeah, like I, he just wants um, pool play to to be more engaging and interesting. You're you're seeing big boy hockey every single game for four games. Now, I think it's good in theory. Like I idealistically that, that plays out nicely because then you hook the viewer in early and then you get them rolling. Um, but then do, as long as it doesn't come at the expense of big time matchups in the metal round. Yeah. Ultimately that that's what you want. Like you want heavyweight fights when you're playing for hardware. So um, I don't know. I, I do think that it's um, it's fair to balance um, I, I like that they did away with relegation this year just because of the unique circumstances w- with the global pandemic and whatnot. Um, you know, you, you, and you're, you're putting the gold medal winner uh, who kind of earned the right the next year to, to have uh, a, an easier draw in pool play. It doesn't necessarily always translate to, to, to the medal round. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't feel super strongly either way. But I, I just think that as weird as this calendar year has been, like seeing all those blowouts, honestly, just hasn't surprised me. Hasn't surprised me. It's just like, yeah, I get, you know, in 2020, it makes sense. You know, I get Especially it. when you look at like what Germany was facing in that game against Canada, down so many players. And I, uh, I, I definitely can, can see the TV appeal and the viewer appeal, especially of, of watching, you know, I'd love to see the U S play all the other kind of big, big five or six countries in in the prelims yeah. watching them. But I also, you know, I, I think I would miss watching, a performance like Sebastian Ranischetz yeah. for Austria, giving up 11 goals, but looking like just a great story, watching him hang in there and hang tough and make some of those big saves. I, I love seeing those guys that I would have no, I would never have heard that name if not for this. And, and I also think it's probably good for, for growth. So in those countries to, to have kind of that attention too. So it's definitely a, I don't think it's a slam dunk thing. I think I'm with you. I don't, I don't know that I have or really want to have a, a hard opinion about it. Max, that is the, that it, you made it, a fantastic point. Like that is perfectly put. I think, you know, whether it's Ranishitz this year or, you know, what we saw from Kazakhstan a couple years ago and right. how they, they really became the second home team in Victoria, you know, uh, compared to, to Canada, which was playing in Vancouver. Like it, like you, you miss out on those stories. And so now you're robbing a Sebastian Ranishitz from, of having a, a story to tell his children and his grandchildren one day about how he made, 58 saves against team USA in a world junior championship that they let's just say they win gold or silver in or bronze in, right? Like that's, I think you have to think about it from, from all angles there and include the countries that are left out of, of the big five. So I think that that is a, a an outstanding point to make and definitely um, something that uh, should be kept in mind uh, for hockey fans that, that do have the growth of the game in mind. Certainly not a topic we're going to solve today. Maybe we'll uh, we'll solve it one day when we have uh, some buffalo wings at nine thirty a.m. Yes, I mean, and I and I saved this to the end on purpose. Like that is if you're okay with having a lifelong diehard Chicago Blackhawks fan to share wings with. In me. Hey, when you're eating wings, it's it's all family, right? <laughs> it transcends fandom. That's right. You're right. You're right. 
That's right. All right. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for joining us on New Year's Day here. I hope you have a great rest of the holiday and we will all enjoy listening to you call the rest of, uh, of Team USA games on NHL Network. Reminder, you can watch every NHL or any every World Junior game the rest of the way here uh, on, on NHL Network and, and surely with all the Red Wings prospects and, and prospects from around the league in play, you will be. So thanks for joining us. We'll be back at you with some Red Wings training camp uh, takeaways early next week. Uh, and, and stay safe out there. Happy holidays. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.